Louie, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Rose? Where we're going, we don't need Rose. No. I am your father. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. You're listening to After the Ending, the only film podcast where we tell you what happens after the ending of your favorite films. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Spring and Phil Edwards. Hello and welcome to After the Ending. I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And Phil, we are back with another mini episode, and I I thought I'd take a minute to tell people or explain to our listeners why it is that maybe they've noticed a slight uptick in mini episodes of late. Yes, yes, there have been a few lately. For people who haven't been listening for a long time, we started doing the mini episodes because sometimes scheduling, you know, gets in the way of recording a podcast. Phil, you and I do this as a labor of love. We're not making money at it. We're not making our careers. This isn't our job. We do this because we love doing it. We love talking about movies. We like hanging out. So that's why we do after the ending. Yeah, and we're also on both sides of the Atlantic, so we've also got the whole time difference. We always have to yes. find the time to make sure we can do that, fit that in. That is that is an excellent point. It, is, it makes the, the schedule coordinating is twice as hard because of that five hour time difference between us so sometimes i'm like yeah i can i can record you know at night and you're like yeah that's two in the morning for me so that that sometimes slows us down but so we started the mini episodes so that instead of having gaps in our recording schedule we could bring you guys new content every week and we thought this is a quick way when our schedules are jam-packed we can you know get together for 15 or 20 minutes quickly record an episode it's a lot quicker to edit it and then you guys get a new show every week so Lately, we've had a few more than, than than we usually do, and we just want to let you guys know it's not because we're getting lazy. Well, maybe a little bit for you, right, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we're not lazy. We're not lazy. No, no we're not lazy. We, we really still you know love doing our podcast, but life gets in the way sometimes. Uh, we've had some, some health concerns in our extended families, work schedules. Uh, Moving house, Mike. Yeah, I, I moved last year, which just, you know, that entails I've had to do things, some repairs and some things like that. Uh, there's, you know, vacations at summertime. Kids are out of school. There's activities. There's weddings to go to. Got a wedding coming up this weekend. We're going on vacation in a few weeks. So the bottom line is basically we have more mini episodes lately because we don't want to leave you guys without a show. We don't want to just be off the air for two or three weeks. But sometimes our schedules just don't let us get together for and find the time to edit everything we need for a full episode. So bear with us for like the next month or so. Uh, is it summertime? Like a lot going on. Like I said, I'm traveling. I think Phil's going to take some time as well. Yeah. Uh, but but so you'll see a lot of mini episodes mixed in with our regular episodes. But be patient and know that you know as things settle down, we'll get back into the groove and have a lot more great endings for you. Because I I know that that's you know largely why people tune in. So hopefully you enjoy everything that we do. Uh, but I just wanted to get that out there so that people know that we're not uh, changing the format of the show or anything. It's just a matter of schedules in life, and we're busy adults, and uh, and that's how it works. Yes, well said, well said. Thanks, thanks. It's like people know we care about our listeners, damn it. Yes, and we just we just wanted you all to know what, what exactly is going on. So Right. So normal service will resume as soon as normality resumes. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we love our listeners, and if they don't like it, they can go to hell. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. All right, so Phil, I'm excited about this episode, though, so why don't you tell people what we are doing for this mini-episode? Yeah, we're going to do our top five Stranger Things movies. 
What? But Phil, they haven't made a Stranger Things movie yet. I know. There's only three seasons and no movie. Oh, community reference. Uh, but, uh... <laughs> How can we do the top five Stranger Things movies when they haven't made any Stranger Things movies? Phil, I don't understand. Tell us what we mean. I don't understand either, Mike. I just thought I'd say it and just see what happens. <laughs> You're like, that's what you told me to say. I don't know. Oh, we just, I've just come back from the Upside Down and that's, that's what the missive said. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good news is for people who haven't watched Stranger Things, all 12 of you out there who have not yet watched Stranger Things, you don't have to have watched Stranger Things to understand this episode. It is not actually a Stranger Things episode, but it is very heavily inspired by Stranger Things. Yes, that's correct. We're looking at uh, those kind of films which inspired Stranger Things or have a similar kind of setup. Kids on bikes, kids versus monsters, kids versus aliens, kids versus the corrupt government, kids facing up against overwhelming odds and, you know, Doing the best they can. Yes, exactly. So we wanted to get these movies where it's it's a group of kids up against some, you know, sort of otherworldly force. I don't know about you, Phil. With my personal list, I wanted there to be some sort of supernatural component to it, um, which precluded me including Goonies, which was very painful for me. But uh, because that is really more of a kids against yeah, yeah. bad guys movie. Um, so for me, there had to be some sort of supernatural element. But yeah, we wanted really that group of kids kind of team up together to take on something that, that is way above their heads that they shouldn't have to take on. But yet somehow they come together and uh, presumably save the day. So as you can see, a very, a very good or close tie in to Stranger Things, but not actually about Stranger Things. But I think you'll see that a lot of our movies either influenced or, or you know, are influenced by Stranger yeah. Things or have similar feel. Or even if you're, hey, you already watched all of Stranger Things season three and now you're bumming because it's over, check out some of these movies on our list because you'll probably enjoy them. Exactly, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so as Mike said, we're going for the supernatural side of things, but also, you know, a bit sci-fi elements, things like that, right. depending upon the various films. We've tried to steer away from slasher movies because they're usually more the older teen teenagers yeah. kind of thing. I mean, that's like a whole different kind of a top five thing. Yeah, when I started looking at it, I was like, well... At first, it was kind of like, you know, teens against monsters. And I was like, well, that's going to give you almost every slasher movie. And that's a whole different list. Yeah, yeah. That, those tend to be more like these teenagers getting killed off one by one rather than banding together. We really wanted to capture that that Stranger Things vibe. You know, a group of yeah, kids, yeah. your Sandlot kids, if you will, um, which, again, I didn't include. Although my after the ending for the Sandlot kids would that's right. be, uh, be on this one. Yes, had a big supernatural component to it. But, you know, that sort of group of kids banding together, not just, uh, you know, knocking them off one by one. So we're going to leave out the slasher films. We'll save that for another day. These are kids against the world. Yes, yes, yes. Very well, well put. Okay, then, Mike, do you want to get things started? I, I do, and actually I'm going to start off with uh, well, the newest movie that's on my list or the newest movie that's been released that I think fits into this genre, and my number five is The Kid Who Would Be King, uh, which actually came out, I believe, at the beginning of this year, beginning of 2019. Yeah, I've still not seen that one. Yeah, it didn't do very well, unfortunately, at the theaters, but I have to say it's uh, it's sort of an uptake on the, the King Arthur legend, really, but it's about a kid who pulls Excalibur from a stone at like a construction site in modern-day England, and uh, he has to fight the Morgan Le Fay and her creatures, which are basically kind of like sort of like zombified knights, I guess you could say. Uh, they're very monstrous, yeah, like knights yeah. on horses. And so he has his best friend, and he kind of takes his two enemies and unites them. They go on this quest across England, but they often find themselves fighting these sort of ghostly knights, and then there's a big battle at the end with all these hundreds and hundreds of these, like, ghoulish creatures. And it's a really fun movie. It's by um, uh, Joe Cornish, who did Attack the Block, which, yeah, I, which yeah. I love, which really comes close to fitting into this 
into this category, but because it's mostly teenagers, uh, I wasn't sure if it fit or not, so I left out. But you almost consider this a tie if you want. Attack the Block, <laughs> uh, another great film with with kids versus aliens. But uh, yeah, Kid Who Would Be King, like I said, didn't do too well at the theaters, but I really enjoyed it. My family really enjoyed it, uh, and it's, it's worth a watch. An excellent choice. Okay, my number five. It's ones the kids in this one are probably pushing you know the older side of things but uh i just thought it, it, it did kind of fit the whole set but it's uh but it's 1987's the lost boys there you go good choice because i mean you do have uh you know the older brother and everything but you do have Corey hames character and the frog brothers you know facing down vampires which is pretty much the whole get up they're trying to they 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 realize something's going wrong none of the adults believe them so they they start reading up on comics and things like that getting evidence and then they realize that nobody else is gonna stand up and and save save the community so they're the ones who have to do it you know you've got the great moments of the uh, the frog brothers being all mean and moody but realizing absolute cowards when it comes to the vampires but some lovely moments with all involved i like with lots of these things you do have some cool adults like the grandpa character yep. who do know a little bit more that's going on and it's just but it's just great interaction seeing these kids trying to remember what they can from about all vampire movies learning what works and what doesn't work but it's 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 a classic uh, and of course, Joel Schumacher directed it, so we know yeah. he did do some good films. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but it's uh, my number five is The Lost Boys. Very good pick. I, I think they qualify as kids. I know there are teenagers involved with the older brother, but Corey Haim and Corey Feldman yeah. and yeah. that other guy are uh, were pretty young at the time, so yeah. yeah, that definitely qualifies. Well, my next film, number four, is also going to probably skate the older edge. So we're just throwing the rules out the window. What can I say? It's mostly <laughs> kids with a little dabble into the teenagers. And I yeah, can't yeah. be responsible for figuring out how old all these kids are in these movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my number four is The Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse from 2015, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, starring Ty Sheridan, who we all know I'm a big fan of. I really like this movie. I didn't expect a lot from it, but it's a really funny movie and at the same time it's a really good zombie movie and that's a hard thing to pull off for the most part I mean outside of Shaun of the Dead it's, it's hard to, to do that but it's a really funny film and Ty Sheridan is great in it and there's kind of this nice romance subplot and things get kind of silly sometimes but not too silly but the zombies look good and there's some good tense scenes where you're like who's going to get bit or who's going to live or die um, and I, you know I just I found that a much more enjoyable movie than I think I expected it to be it yeah. also did not fare well at the box office so if you haven't seen it uh, I do recommend tracking it down. Excellent. That's in good, fact, good it's got pick. a very similar. Sorry, it's got a very similar uh, group dynamic to Stranger Things. There's because there's three main kids. You know, one who's a little bit more together, one who's like kind of a little bit goofy and funny looking. You know, and then they bring kind of a girl into things. So there's there's actually a pretty similar vibe. Oh, okay. To in, in terms of character structure, even though it came out before or around the same time as Stranger Things. Yeah. So cool. Yeah, I've still not seen that one, but I know you do like that, and it's one I must. Uh, yeah, yeah. I keep meaning to check see if it's on streaming. Probably is. Some I would imagine so. Okay, my number four is probably the most, I think it's the most recent film on my list, but it's from 2017, and it is It, also known as It Chapter One, right. which is the new, the most recent adaptation of Stephen King's uh, 1986 novel. Uh, we've got the new film, Chapter Two, coming out this year in September, but this one is the one that, uh, as we know, the book, it, it keeps cutting forth, it goes backwards and forwards in time, so you're with the kids and then their grown-up counterparts and vice versa, but... For these two films, they decided to split it into two. So the first film has the kids in the town of uh, Derry who were being terrorised by Pennywise the Clown. I, mean, I remember I had fond memories of the uh, the It miniseries from back in the day. But when you watch it more recently, you realise, oh, it's quite bad in lots of places. Although Tim Curry's <laughs> Pennywise is always good. Right. But this this new one I thought was a decent uh, a decent adaptation. It did, it did leave out quite a bit, but, you know, it's Stephen King book and it's they're huge. 
But uh, I, I thought this worked really well. Like the kids, the actors also had Finn Wolfhard, Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things one of, is one of the characters, plays one of the characters in this film. So there's a Stranger Things connection again. But uh, yeah, it's this one. It's the classic thing of kids. Just there's some supernatural entity out there. Nobody believes them. They're the only ones who can do anything about it. And so they do. And there's bullies bullying them. There's cops who don't believe them. There's horrific creepy things going on and i did like it it's, it's kind of spooky uh, it's kind of weird and i just uh, i thought they did a good job and i'm looking forward to seeing chapter two but that's my number four very good i like it yes i have some thoughts on that but i'll share them a little bit later because you know just because oh <laughs> okay say. yeah all right well my number three has already appeared on your list it is the lost boys excellent um, and uh you know this is obviously a, a well-loved movie and i i love the lost boys every time i watch it i do remember that it's not it's not the greatest film ever like it i think lost boys is one of those movies that because it's a product of a certain time and there's so many great scenes and there's great soundtrack that we inflate it as like the end-all be-all of like teen vampire movies yeah yeah and then you watch it and you're like okay it's got a few clunky moments you know some of the some of the dialogue is 100 percent on point um i love the movie but it's not sometimes i watch it i'm reminded that okay it's it's fallible you know it's a good movie <laughs> bordering on great but it's not a brilliant movie and i only say that just because some people might expect it to be higher on my list um i yeah, do yeah, lo- yeah. i do love the lost boys i just say it's a product of its time yeah, yeah i love it and i have the nostalgia to it for it but it's not a perfect movie yeah but it does fit the criteria and i, I was quite obsessed with it when i was younger so uh, that's my number three the lost boys well the whole nostalgia thing i think that's what's made uh one of the main reasons Stranger Things is so popular because it has this nostalgia to this perfect, those perfect summers that you have in your memory were from the 80s where, you know, everything was, you know, cool and wonderful stuff. But when you you were actually there, you're going, oh, it was all a bit crap. (laughs) It was crap. But there were lots of good movies. We did have lots of good moments. It was the summers which would last forever where you go out all day and your mum and dad would just say, just make sure, you know, you stop off at somebody's friends to get some lunch and we'll see you this evening. Right, right, exactly. And I do wonder if Stranger Things would have been as wildly popular as it is if it was set in the modern day not just because the nostalgia factor is gone but then you have things like cell phones and yeah, texting just, and yeah. all that i think it takes away from the innocence of it and but i do think that 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 nostalgia component is really important for its success because not only are young people watching it but people our age people who were around in the 80s are rabidly obsessed with this show and i don't think they would be as much yeah yeah if it didn't take place in the 80s and, and really play up that that 80sness of it yeah you're right because i mean anything set in the modern day you just always have to, to either find a way to remove having uh mobile phones right. or just something like that that's so setting it back that's a good reason lots, lots of these things are setting up you know a few years back because it's suddenly you just you can go oh well we don't have to worry about that right let's just get on with the story yeah. right exactly but that was uh, I'm, I'm glad we both had the lost boys on the list yeah definitely okay so my number three is one which it fits the criteria but mainly near the end of the film okay but it's sort of it's the whole kids on bike things which was uh-huh. a big component of the first stranger things one but it's et the extraterrestrial very good and it's it's when uh elliot and et and there's elliot's friends uh, all rally rounds to get ET back to you know to the, the the place in the forest he has to do and it's it's the kids versus the government who want ET to do whatever nefarious things they want to do to the alien right but it's it's I'm not, well it's it's Elliot and his brother and sister to begin with but as it goes on it gets bigger but it's it's mainly this moment which has the classic scenes of the kids on bikes which I think has become like a, a trope yeah it's one of these tropes which now is sort of going on which is which is cropping up in other things there's also a, a role playing game tabletop role playing game called. Uh, which I forget the name, but it's all similar kind of thing with the kids on bikes things. But yeah, ET, uh, we talked about it in length way, way back in episode 18 
when we uh, went after the ending of it. But it's a, it's a classic for a reason. Uh, the kid child actors in it are all amazing. Uh, and when it's one of those ones you're watching it, you you at the time when it came out in 1982, I remember watching it. You're going, oh yeah, let's get on our bikes, let's go ride it, let's go, <laughs> right. let's put it to the man, let's do this. And you go ride man, and go. We need an alien to do this, and we didn't have an alien. I, I don't know if I recall at age seven saying let's put it to the man. But uh, but I get the spirit of what you're well, saying. Well, no, I probably didn't now. But you guys, nostalgia makes me think I did that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's the uh, that's that's my number three. E.T. the extraterrestrial. Very good pick. You know, I, I'll say E.T. didn't make my list, and only because in my internal criteria, you know, we've talked about how we sort of it just didn't yeah, quite yeah, yeah. fit with the, with them. Because I guess it, I, I was thinking that they would have to be them against the aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though you, it makes perfect sense, the reason you put it on the list, it just it, in my head it sort of didn't quite click. So I didn't include it, not because I don't love ET. It just wasn't the way I was thinking about it. So well, that's fair enough. As uh, as well, long time listeners will know, but new listeners and uh, either Mike or myself compare our lists or our notes of what's going on beforehand. So that's why we do sometimes have these lovely little. Uh, discrepancies and why sometimes we have lovely coincidences as well exactly but, uh, that's just bringing you up okay then mike so we're in our top two yes. now i think yes. yes so what's your number two well my number two once again has already appeared on your list and <laughs> it is uh stephen king's it okay brilliant which i i really enjoyed uh i liked it a lot i, I love the the camaraderie of the kids i love the you know the riding around on bikes I, I thought that the movie was actually quite scary in places which a lot of yeah, horror yeah, movies yeah. i think fail at and it's interesting because I remember when it came out, not that it was that long ago, but uh, people were like, I can't believe it's making so much money. It's such an overperformer. Why is it doing so well? And I said back then, and I'll say it again, I think a big part of the reason that it was so successful is because of Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It came out in between seasons of Stranger Things. People were jonesing for it. And then you see the trailer for this film, and it takes place in the past, although a different era, but still... It takes place in the past. Bunch of kids riding around on bikes, fighting a supernatural entity. You've even got yeah, a kid yeah. from Stranger Things in the cast. And, and and then you add to that the fact that it's based on an IP that people are familiar with, Stephen King's It. And I think that all adds up to a smash hit. But I, I think that the reason the movie was so popular is because people really wanted to feel that Stranger Things vibe again. And this movie offered that and i think it delivered that yeah yeah but i really really liked it and when i was looking at this list i was going this is this is this is a film i enjoyed quite a bit i think they did a great job with it uh it's creepy as hell and so that's my number two an excellent pick yeah and a good good reasons as well yeah i think you're right that was the stranger things was a, one of the re- big reasons why i think it was so popular but also i think yeah it's, it's a pretty decent film as well and i'm, I'm pretty scary because often lots of horror films these days Oh, that's scary. Right, right. Oh, I definitely think it succeeded on its own merits. I just think the fact that it was such a big film, like it was, it grossed way more than anyone expected it to. I think subconsciously had something to do with people's desire to see more Stranger Things. So that's just my theory. Yeah, that's a good theory. Okay, that's it. Well, my number two is from 2011. Okay. And it is Super 8, uh, directed by J.J. Abrams. Ah, uh, I had a feeling this might be on your list. Yeah, I like this one. I mean, again, there's teenage with the younger teenagers, but this one we're in a small town, there's a guy making a zombie movie. He gets uh, Elle Fanning comes along and she's a brilliant act- actress in the th- in the film. And they do this, but as it's going on, uh, strange things are happening. We realise there's a, a secret army base which is doing uh, strange experiments on on an alien creature or an alien craft. Things escape from a train. There's a great brilliant scene with the train crash and it gets out. So and it's these kids uh, trying to understand what this mystery is, trying to deal and stay out of the way of the the military who are trying to close down the town because something's gotten out. And then they're also dealing with this, whatever it is that's gotten out. And uh, so it's they've got the double whammy of uh, the military 
alien monster and their parents and everything else. So it's uh, it's again, it's a bit like well, Stranger Things itself often has these things going on where certain people, you know, you're going up against uh, monsters or the people running the experiments and things like that. But uh, I do like uh, Super Eight again. It's the big big factor of it is the whole nostalgia factor, right? Especially because uh, it was produced by Steven Spielberg, who you know, and JJ Abrams is a big. You know, really inspired by a lot of his work, but I just, I just like that the kids again, great actors. They're the only ones who really know what's going on. They're the only ones who actually do anything to save the day. It's really, really good, and uh, I, I do really enjoy it every time I see it. Uh, and that's my number two. Very good. I have to revisit it. You know, I only saw it the one time in theaters, and I remember being somewhat, yeah, slightly disappointed with it. So. But I feel like partially that might just be because I was really excited for it. And sometimes the expectations and the, you know, just don't match up. But I, I do want to revisit it because I do think it's it's a film that I probably would enjoy more on second viewing. So I, I need to get back to that one. No, I can understand that. I think lots of it, though, is lots of things with J.J. Abrams that he does. He has he loves the whole mystery box things, doesn't he? Where yeah. they tease things you don't quite know. So your imagination starts filling in the gaps. And, and most of the time things can never match up with all these ideas you have in your head. But, right, uh, right, yeah. exactly. But it's, it's probably worth watching again after all this yeah, time. Yeah, I think like, I'm going to. As I said, we went after the ending way back in episode two. Yeah, wow, that's like... So go back and listen <laughs> to that one and me being really nervous because I'd never done <laughs> podcasting before. One of our very... Yeah, yeah. go back and listen yeah. to it, but don't judge us too harshly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, but Mike, here's a little drum roll. Yes, well, I was going to say, I have a feeling if, if I know you, Phil, and I think I do, I think you and I probably have the same number one, and I'm betting that a lot <laughs> of our listeners can guess what it is too if they know us, which I think they do uh so my number yes. one is of course the monster squad monster squad yeah. yes. <laughs> kind of had to be right yeah yeah i mean yeah. it almost in a way the original stranger things movie i think yeah you yeah. know i i can't think of one that predates it that really kind of gets that formula that stranger things does so well where it's a group of actual kids there's the one old slightly older teenager but it's, you know it's the group of kids they, they get the girl involved it's a group of monsters it's not just a group of monsters mike it's a group of the monsters the monsters that's right dracula the wolfman uh frankenstein it's got the humor in it the humor that it, that makes these movies so good wolfman has got nods yeah exactly you know such a great young cast and then they all have to band together like you said, nobody believes them, and they have to kind of come together and save the day in a very dramatic fashion. I, I I can't think of an earlier film that sort of really ties in that closely to Stranger Things, or that has the same kind of bones or blueprints that Stranger Things does. So so not only does it, I think, fit the theme of our list really well, but it's one of my favorite movies. I just absolutely love this film. Uh, it's a great 80s classic, and definitely a cult classic at, at this point, but there are so many people who love this film, so... Uh, it had to be my number one. Fantastic, yeah. And it had to be my number one. All the same reasons you said. It's just, it's got the classic movie monsters. Uh, and they're all done really well. The makeup and costumes are fantastic on all yes, of them. Yes, yes, they are. Uh, I, I always love the, the way uh, Frankenstein's monster looks in this one. Yep, yep. Uh, but but all of them are brilliant. The kids are brilliant. you got the whole thing tagging in with, uh, with the man uh, who'd... who'd who'd seen true horror in the concentration camps during the war. Right, right. Uh, it's, so it's dealing with, you know, serious moments, campy moments, uh, horrific moments, and just this thing. But it's just, it does it all so well. Fred Decker directed the hell out of the script from, from that he co-wrote with Shane Black. Yep. Uh, and it's just, yeah, it's just, and it's still, I, I it still holds up. Oh, I agree. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm surprised this one hasn't been, well, no, there is always talk about remaking it. Right. But I think it's sort of, lots of people do hold it there. Uh, and I think uh, you know Fred Decker holding out not to not to get it remade. But we also we went after the ending of this back in episode thirteen. Yeah, wow. So yeah, but uh, but yeah, the Monster Squad. It is, it's real good fun. Yeah, 
and it's it's a good one you can watch with your kids you know not too young but right, uh, right. it's a good way to introduce your kids to some of these classic monsters as well exactly so if you if you are a stranger things fan and you have never seen the monster squad i urge you to rectify that because i think you will really enjoy it all right, so there you go. That is our top five Stranger Things movies. Uh, like I said at the top, if if you are if you've already finished season three of Stranger Things and you're you're missing it and you want something to watch and there's any of these films that you haven't seen or just that you haven't seen in a while and you want to revisit, I think all of these films will will scratch that particular itch for you. Yes, definitely. All right, well there you go. So that's going to wrap up our episode. Uh, but as always, we thank you for listening and we thank you for sticking with us while we're putting out all these mini episodes. So until next time, I am Mike Spring and I'm Phil Edwards. And We'll see you next week. After the ending. Check one, check two. What was that? Just me doing a little noise because I was realized I wasn't doing anything like quite high. So I just had to go a little to make sure it's picking that just, up. Is that just in case you at some point during the episode decide you need to impersonate an angry lizard? Or, or maybe like a water sprinkler or something like that, you know. Well, we do we do, do a lot of that yeah. now that you mention it. It could is, be pertinent to this, the upcoming episode. I really don't know. Right. Yes, yes. I mean, you know, there could be a lot of sprinkler talk in this episode. <laughs> you know. Yeah, although it's, hey. it's got nothing to do with the actual title of the episode, but right. who knows? But new, po- new podcast idea, yeah. sprinkler talk. Sprinkler talk. Hey, so have you seen any good sprinklers? Yeah, well, I just tried, funny you should ask, I just tried the industrial <laughs> T133A, and I have to say it really covered my entire lawn. I found even the corners were well saturated, and I gotta say, I'm giving it two sprinkler heads up. Oh, that sounds excellent. For a moment, I thought you were talking about the new Terminator model, but I'm glad we did that. <laughs> so ne- yeah, so next we week work- on uh, on sprinklers, <laughs> we're gonna be talking. <laughs> uh, well, you know, if this one doesn't take off, we can always fall back on sprinkler talk. Certainly can. <laughs> it's always Taco Bell. Well, yeah, I'm all about that. You know, my wife. Uh, She'll eat Taco Bell, but it's not like she doesn't have the passion for it that I do. Yeah. So it's a wonder our marriage has lasted this long, isn't it? <laughs> the Taco Bell dilemma. Well, you know what they say. Nobody's perfect, right? And that's yeah. that's that's hers, I guess. It's, you know, she's perfect, except she's just not as passionate about Taco Bell as I am. Yeah, what, what are you going to do? <laughs>